Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday. And I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend on the punt. Obviously, uh, one of the highlights there was the Hunter in Newcastle. Great to see so many people on track in capacity and great to see the town of Bars. We're off to Wollongong this week, of course, with the gong coming up. Our panel today, Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey and Dean Lester will be dissecting the weekend that was, though, and you can give us a call on 13 53 53. But before we get into today's show, we need to find out what the scratchings are today. We've lost a meeting down south due to the weather at Barnsdale, but we do have, of course, Scone and Gatton on, Tanya. Yeah, Dave, we do. We do indeed. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. We'll start with Scone, where the weather is fine. The track is soft seven. The rail out three metres. The entire course penetrometer 5.21, and there are 37 scratchings. From race one at 120, take out number 11, Starham, number 11. Race two, number four, Burrell and Bandit. Six, Done Good, and 11, The Carpetbagger, four, six, and 11. Race three, number five, Armour Force, 12, Alaski, and the Emergency, 16, 5, 12, and 16. Race four, number six, Into the Fire, and eight, Sophie's Lass, six and eight. Race five, take out one, Chick Chick Stick, seven, Medician Miss, 10, African Daisy, 13, Rosie Impact, and 14, Stella Glow, one, seven, 10, 13, and 14. Race six, number two, Iridium, Five, Small Town, seven, Shalstar, eight, Alegna, nine, Love to Dream, and the emergencies 15, 16, 17, and 18. To race seven, take out 10, Another Sonnet, 11, Wood Sun, 12, Red Boulevard, uh, and the emergency 18, 10, 11, 12, and 18. Race eight, number five, Two Ducks Artie, eight, Surf Sonic, 14, Ha Waxnsoff, and the emergency 16, 5, 8, 14, and 16 from race eight. And race nine, number four, Highlights, seven, Primal Scream, 13, Menangatang, 14, Tequila Carbos, and the emergencies 15 and 18. 4, 7, 13, 14, 15 and 18 from race 9 at Scone. Let's look at Gatton where the weather is fine. The track is soft 5. The rail is true and there are 32 scratchings. Out of race 1, take numbers 3, 5 and 7. 3, 5, 7. Race 2, the emergencies 11 through to 14. 11, 12, 13 and 14. Out of the third, number 1, 9. 10, 11, 13, 17 and 19. 1, 9, 10, 11, 13, 17 and 19. From race 4, take out number 5. Number 5 from the 4th. Race 5, numbers 1, 7, 11, 12, 15, 16 and 19. 1, 7, 11, 12, 15, 16 and 19. Race 6, numbers 2, 5, 6, 8, 17 and 18. 2, 5, 6, 8, 17 and 18. And the last race, race 7. Dave, take out numbers 1, 2, 11 and 14. 1, 2, 11 and 14 from race 7 at Gatton. Beautiful. Thank you very much for that, Tanya. And if you miss any late scratchings, etc., we'll get them broadcast to you today on Sky Sports Radio or... You can jump on the Tab app or the Tab website. Let's jump into our, our show today. And as I said, uh, give us a call straight away. 13.50, If something is on your mind from the weekend. Ron Duffersy, mate, uh, how good was it to be in Newcastle on Saturday? Yeah, it's always exciting. It, you know, the carnival rolls on and it doesn't go into a lull. And it's a, it's a progressive meeting that they, they can keep working at. It's going to be, um, you know, one of the biggest weekends in Newcastle in years to come. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So they put on a show and... 
they had good fields. Turnover was turnover was up. Obviously, there was only the, there was a couple of meetings off, so that helped. But uh, they, it, it was through the roof the turnover, and mm. they got good horses there. The the hunter was by far the best one by lengths and lengths and lengths. Yeah, exactly right, uh, Dean Lester. It was a uh, well, was it? It wasn't a wet day at Cranbourne, was it, mate? To know that it was a heavy track there, but they they dodged the rain. There was a good crowd on there at um, Cranbourne too. Yeah, the timing was just right, Dave. The uh, the rain stopped uh, just in time because there were a few track inspections before the first, and I think had we got any rain through the day, we might have been in trouble. But uh, as the day wore on, as uh, the Cranbourne track does, it it, it certainly uh, coped with it and uh, ended up... Uh, look, it was tough going. It was a heavy 10, but it was tough going. And a, a really good uh, cup winner in King Magnus, who'd run well in a Cantala, a bit like uh, what you're saying with Lost and Running. Uh, you know, it's certainly one of the stronger Cranbourne Cups. And coming off a Group 1 run where he was beaten less than a length, King Magnus, uh, he, he was a deserved winner. And Glenn Munsey joins us as well. Glenn, uh, just touching on the turnover point of view, um, you know, in, in times gone by, it had been said that, you know, well, because we're racing at Newcastle or or other tracks on these standalone Saturdays, punters were, you know, a bit wary because they're not used to it. But after sort of, you know, a couple of years now and knowing how good that Newcastle track is and also, too, looking at Cranbourne and the quality of that meeting, um, it's good to see that turnover was uh, was up. Oh, very good. Morning, Dave. Morning, Ronnie. Morning, Dino. Uh, yes, very, very brisk. Well, the, the hunter got to seven figures, Dave, so that's a good effort. Uh, Non-carnival times uh, for a race to hold that much money on a Saturday when you consider the race is being run at Newcastle. It's not being run at Randwick. Uh, you know, they knew the horses, they knew the jockeys, and they were very, very happy to bet. Uh, they did finish strongly, the punters, but our old favourite, uh, the Taylors in there at the moment, just measuring up Gravina for another statue. Yeah, Gravina in the last, of course, getting rolled by much, much better. Duff, let's talk about uh, Lost and Running. Uh, when we heard sort of John saying after that uh, previous run at Rose Hill, the classic legend, that, uh, you know, he'd be tempted to go to this Newcastle race, uh, it really, well, it really defined him uh, as a horse we're going to definitely have to follow uh, next preparation and also into that spring. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Like, he, he put the win on the board at the end of a preparation. I always love that. So he's obviously a horse that can cope uh, with a, a few runs because he did win fifth up last preparation as well. So, and he competed at right at the top level all the way through. You know, he'd been nurtured at his first prep, you know, winning that string of races just going through his grade. So uh, to start off against the big boys and then continue to improve and get to their level um, at the end... Um, it's a feather in his cap, so he's going to be a good horse for, for seasons to come, trouble-free. And you can aim him at anything you like up to 1,400 metres. There's no doubt about it. I love the way he showed desire the last 100 metres at the end of the 13, and and he was very, very dominant. He sat wide, no cover, and uh, was far too good. Um, Wanderbar was terrific on a backup at home with the blinkers on. Top ranks a, a horse of the future, uh, without a doubt in the wide, wide world. And I thought Kementari went good again. I think he's going really good, Kementari. And he, if he backed up next week, he'd run well um, in the gong. I don't know what they're, they're thinking with him. And Senor Fox is um, uh, at his peak as well now. He's in really good shape and just needs a rock-hard track. It was. Did they really hone in on him, Munns? Um, I know that, uh, what... 3.20 he was when we did the punters panel on Friday and he SP'd uh, 2.50, lost and running. 
Well, Dave, uh, he went up uh, a 290 chance on uh, in the morning of the race. He got to as much as 310. He got into as short as $2.30 uh, and SP $2.50. But uh, it was a type of race where it was sort of the big two uh, with Bandersnatch playing a minor role to be the only other runner in single figures. The other one, of course, top ranked, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. But, you know, the big two just moved away from the rest of the field during the day because top ranked, well, he, he never got past $5 at any stage, and I, I think he ran closer to four twenty than he did to $5. And Bandersnatch that had sat single figures all week. Uh, he got out late. Uh, so did Dawn Passage. Standout continued to firm as we thought he would with the track drying out. But, um, yeah, the big two, they really sort of dominated the betting on this race. Okay. Um, before we jump into look at Cranbourn, uh, just a text on the text line here. And I might bring you into this, uh, Dino, top ranked, um, who we saw with that uh, UK form. Um, just too sharp for him, the 1300, not disgraced at all? Oh, no, I thought he went very well. Uh, yeah, you're looking at uh, the best form through the Everest. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, he... Has really acquitted himself well first go and uh, you know, a little break now and he'll come back uh, some sort of player in the autumn. What do you want to be playing around with him in Duff? Uh, is he, you know, does he look like a Doncaster, those mile races? Yeah, well, his five wins were all been at a mile. So, yeah, why not? And uh, everyone's saying they you know, would have rather seen him in the gong, but I suppose that's timing. You, you haven't got as long to get him in the paddock and get him back and get him where you want them. So I think, it, I think that's what that was all about. Um, to get the run into him in Australia, put him out, uh, get him going Annabelle's way, as you'd say, and um, he'll be a... You know, she's got some nice milers in the stable, but he'll be right up there with them. All right, what do we do with Bandersnatch, Duff? Well, he's only first up. He might be a Villiers horse. He, he, he did enough. He'd only had his first trial on the Monday uh, leading into this, um, you know, pretty hot race. Uh, I, I thought he didn't do a bad job. He... He was in the first half of the field and, you know, he was beaten four or five lengths, but he did enough and he's um, he's not going to meet this opposition in the next two or three runs. Uh, and what about um, Standout? Another text on the text line. Thoughts on Standout? Just the end of the prep, prep for him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but he put three solid runs together and, and maybe the 1300 sees him out. Um, I think he's better, at, at, you know, trained sharper and... 11, 1200 metre races, but he, he ran he run a race until he, he, he folded up there the last, you know, 50 metres. All right, give us a call, 1350-353. We're looking at the Newcastle and also the Cranbourne meeting there in Melbourne. We'll duck down to that tab, Cranbourne Cup. You mentioned King Magnus at the start. Our playboy, uh, gee, they would have been licking their lips when the... Uh, the heavy 10, uh, and it seemed to just get wetter and wetter because uh, we've had Mick Price on the program before, Dino, and he said... This bloke just grows 10 legs uh, when he is on a heavy surface. But uh, good good win for Lockie King too. Yeah, second ride only as a senior. Of course, he had that group run success last year with Jodding and Angry in the derby, uh, but uh, had a nasty fall middle, mid-year, probably lost a bit of momentum. And uh, yeah, second ride back, as I say, as a senior. And gee, it was a, it was a race that was evident. One, they went way too hard in front. Um Buffalo River always runs along at a mile, but uh, when Age of Chivalry went with him and uh, no effort, who usually leads any race she runs in, couldn't lead, you knew they were going very hard. And at about the 800, she was three wide, no effort, and behind her was King Magnus. Behind King Magnus was Sosie Bond, and behind him was uh, our playboy. So that three wide train ended up running first, second, third, and fifth. 
The one that didn't was Mystery Shot, and uh, if you watch him, uh, he was back to the inside, and Craig Williams was trying to duck and weave through the tiring horses and got stopped two or three times and just didn't get any momentum. And I think uh, he's run fourth, but you can make a really legitimate case that he should have been right in the... Uh, you know, right up uh, with King Magnus at the finish and, and may have gone very close to winning. All right. That's a uh, look at the Cranbed Cup. Let's get to our first caller. Scott's on the line. Morning, Scott. Yeah, morning, lads. How are you? Good, mate. Mate, I just want to talk to you guys about Lease. Um, she seems pretty honest. Um, you know, she's gone from a Class 1 horse to third in the Bondi, fourth last week in the Hunter. Um, just moving on to next year, I don't, think, I don't think she'll get another run this prep, but... Um, moving on to the autumn, do you think she'd be a, a, a strong, a strong autumn horse? Yeah, look, it's a different league there. The, he, he's picked his mark uh, with him, um, Anthony. He's, he's run well. He's found his consistency. He raced a little bit hard when they put the blinkers on him at his previous start, and he ran another nice race a couple of lengths behind the other day. So he's in that little mix of those talented three-year-olds without um, without saying he's top shelf. So I'm. Um, you know, as far as saying he's a Ramwick Guineas horse or something like that, it's 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 a big ask to to make that next step. No, worries. beautiful Scott. Thank you, mate. Uh, while we were on that race, uh, let's go and and chat about Dylan Gibbons. Uh, the great to see um, the emotion, the the happiness on Dylan's face, and and have his family there as well, Duff. Uh, and also too, uh, a tip of the hat for Maddie Smith for keeping him on. Yep, it's uh, it's great to see when you see a homegrown apprentice come through, and it, you know they use the well, we call it the Mark Newton blueprint, uh, where he gets his boys to go to the country. They they ride their hundred winners. They can go to the provincials and nearly outride they, their their claim there, and then they're allowed to come to town. So Chris has been bullish. I don't want him in town yet, and he really he, I think he was didn't even want him to ride at this meeting, but he thought okay, he's got an opportunity here. You know, Matt probably wants him on Festival Dancer. It might be a little grounding for him. And he had a good little book of rides and, and got the job done in a, in a Group 3 race at more or less his first city meeting. Um, so uh, they're still adamant that he's not coming to Sydney or, or to town until, I think he said, the winter, Chris. So we'll see him when that Brisbane, after the Sydney autumn, and uh, when the boys go to Queensland for the winter... You'll see Dylan Gibbons, I'd suggest, with full books every week because he's an experienced apprentice now. He, he he knows his stuff. He does his form. He speaks well, and he rides well. And he knows that filly. She's got to run along. And he a great moment because uh, you know the home, your hometown, riding a winner mm. like that, it's an exciting time for him. You, you had uh, both Dylan and also Bailey on Racing HQ Saturday morning, Duff. Um, what can you tell our listeners that may not have heard that interviews or um, on the Saturday morning about the two boys? Uh, yeah, well, Bailey's where probably, you know, Dylan, he was, you know, 18 months ago. He's just, he's only 16, that young boy. And he's, um, he looks a horseman in his own right. He rode his first winner for Bjorn Baker last week. So he'll have to go through the grind now of um, going through that, you know, uh, country. I think he rides, got some, uh, a lot of rides at Scone today. So he'll be the new little apprentice on the block as far as the country's concerned. And he'll go through that process and he's got to be able to cope with that. And I was interested, I heard from him on Saturday that he's very close to Zach Purton and uh, keeps in touch. Zach rung him when he rode his first winner the other day. So Zach's taking him under his wing. 
um, even though he's in Hong Kong, so he must keep an eye on, on how he's going. So that, uh, I, I don't know how they're related. Maybe they're old boss or something like that. But uh, uh, Zach's actually his godfather. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Zach's his godfather, so no yeah. wonder he's got an interest in him. Yeah, there you go. So young Bailey Wheeler and uh, Dylan Gibbons. And that interview, by the way, is up on the podcast as we speak. You can catch that uh, on, as all our interviews are, on Racing HQ. The Amazonian here, a couple of texts here, Dino, back to Cranbourne. This is the Cranbourne Classic. Uh, wanting to know your thoughts on Station 1. Was it all just too soon? And the Amazonian, is this a filly that we can follow through the prep? Where was very- goes next? It was a very weak race, Dave, unfortunately. Uh, uh, Hoping probably uh, I sort of was involved in the programming of this meeting with the Cranbourne Turf Club when it was sort of given to them six or seven months ago. We're hoping some of the Carbine Club horses or the horses from the 1800 on Melbourne Cup, they might try their hand at 2000, but only uh, one did, and that was Station 1, and one of the Phillies through the Phillies Classic at Mooney Valley, and that was the Amazonian, and the rest were pretty much maiden. So it was a disappointing race, but the Amazonian won well, and she can stay, there's no doubt about that. And Station 1, I think, has got a future, but that was his third run in 15 days to start his career, so he's had a very busy time of it, and uh, I think he'd have been better rolling along in front a bit faster too. He went slow, and uh, he had one on his outside, and seemed to you know, just you know, get him sort of a bit out of his rhythm. I would have liked to have seen him lead and lead by a couple of lengths and see you know, if he could just outstay them. But, uh, yeah, they're the only two out of the race that you'd be thinking have got some sort of future. All right, so the Apache Cat Classic, another text here. Just on the thoughts of uh, the winner, and um, it, it seemed like Craig was in a bit of strife on the turn with his goggles. Well, he was. Uh, his visors, uh, they, uh, he, they sort of one went to the side and... He was uh, he was having a bit of vision trouble, but uh, he uh, he found a way to win Dexalation, and that's what he's doing. He's uh, he's just in career best form, and it's uh, they've sort of stumbled across it. They gave him one trial, and rather than give him a second trial, ran him over a thousand first up. Richard and Chantel Jolly in Adelaide, and he he flew. So they kept him to the 1,000 at Mooney Valley. I think they were going to go to a 1,200, but they went to a 1,000 and he flew again. And uh, so they've, they've done it a third time. And, uh, yeah, he ran the best 800, 600, 400, 200 of the day. And he's just a, a really good horse, wet, dry. doesn't matter. He's just, uh, you know, I think he's been the top three, 29 of his 43 starts or something like that. So he's a he's an absolute beauty. Uh, Sir Callahad ran well, but they're his conditions. Same with Bless Her. Blaze Gasty and Blaze Jowski will be better at 1,200 metres. But uh, Dexalation will run in the Doveton Stakes in two weeks at, uh, at Caulfield and uh, Stakes Race, and he'll run well again. Mm. Uh, let's uh, jump away from the weekend's racing and just ask your thoughts on uh, the comments from Peter Moody. I'll start with you here, Dino. Um, he was quite vocal over the weekend about what's happening there in WA with the border restrictions and suggesting, you know, that well, every man and their dog flew in for the AFL Grand Final and obviously the racing um, hadn't, uh, you know, in <laughs> Peter's words, uh, got up the government over there in WA. It is disappointing that... Uh, we're not going to see those eastern horses over there, considering too the protocols that would have you know been in place for them to travel there. You'd think would be much more uh, critical and defined than you know several footy teams heading over there, etc. Yeah, I mean, but they they haven't even allowed like there's a horse like Samistat who's be, who's one of their better horses in Perth came over for the carnival. He f- had to fly over mid September. And uh, he hasn't been allowed back in. He's still racing in Melbourne only because he's, he hasn't been allowed back into WA. And he's a he's a Perth horse, so it's a it's quite a bizarre situation to be honest. But uh, uh, yeah, Pete wasn't holding back on what he thought about it anyway. 
No, is there a reason why they won't even let the horse movement? What's their theory? Do we know? I have no idea. Uh, you know, I think Mark McGowan's you know, proven to be very hard to read uh, through the pandemic, and uh, you know, I don't think anyone quite knows, uh, you know, you know what uh, you know what his mindset is with regard to that. Has that affected uh, Munns some of these all-in markets? Well, it would have, no doubt, with without those uh, Eastern State uh, horses being there. But uh, for those markets we've got open, they're quite active, aren't they, for that Perth Carnival, which will be here before you know it? Yeah, well, let's have a look at some of the markets that are up, Dave. You know, there's a market on the Railway Stakes, there's a market on the Sky Racing WA Guineas, and there's a market on the Winterbottom. Uh, I can tell you, though, that the, the betting on them is still, you know, fairly healthy. Um, those people that have played all-in... Uh, may not be all that uh, keen uh, now to know that, you know, the the, the Eastern State horses uh, aren't going or, you know, um, you know horses like Cascadian uh, and, and that, albeit Cascadian wasn't holding a great deal of money. Uh, they have sort of gravitated to the local horses in the majority of races, Dave, so they, they, they may have been ahead of the curve there. You don't really know. Mm, very interesting. We'll take a break. 13.50, is the open line number. Call now if you've got a question for our panel on the weekend's racing or something that's caught your eye in racing news. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Man, we're taking your calls and there's a few starting to trickle in here on this Monday morning. 13.50, is the open line number. Paul's on the line. Good morning, Paul. Uh, good morning. Um, I'd like to talk to uh, Glenn Munsey. Yes, mate. Yes, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Uh, Kiss the Bride, the best bet on on the weekend. Now, yes. <clears throat> last preparation. He's in a lot weaker race, a lot weak and a lot lighter weight in the 2,400-metre race. And on the turn... He was under double wraps. He hadn't let him off the bridle. And he just folded up. I thought he might have gone out of this preparation, but he just doesn't seem to run the 2400 right out. What do you think about that? Well, after Saturday, I probably got to agree with you, but Saturday was only 2300 and I thought he came into the the race on Saturday in very, very solid form. He d- stayed at a mile, I thought, one run too long. I, I thought he was the, the danger to think it over in the Rose Hill Cup, despite the fact he was a 20-to-1 chance. Uh, uh, he ran on from back in the field on the, on that day. Um, in a, you know, I thought a far, far stronger race than was it is on Saturday, and I thought it was quite disappointing on Saturday. Um, you know, when you consider the run that it had, he, he travelled a little bit keenly in the run. I thought he would settle a little bit closer from where he was drawn, uh, but he just didn't let down in the straight. Yes, I had it all up. He has uh, won at twenty four hundred metres. It's not I as if he's, he, he's yeah, but um, but very disappointing. Well, and, I, I thought uh, the reason I made him the best bet of the day is I couldn't have had possibly had shared ambition and I couldn't have had King's Charisma and they were both shorter than him in the market at that time. Uh, and uh, in in the wash-up, uh, he finished alongside shared ambition and in front of King's Charisma. Still disappointing, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for your call. He's in the Amuns. He's not happy yeah, you made him you didn't say I thought lost and running at win, but, you know, that's all right. No. <laughs> Who have we got next, Steve? We've got uh, on the line Terry. Good, mo- good morning, Terry. 
Good morning, Dave. How are you this morning? I'm well. Uh, two questions for Dean, please. Yes, mate. Yes. Uh, Dean, um, when you uh, look at the RISER website and try to pull up uh, the stewards' reports from the day previous meetings, um, mm-hmm. all you get now is diverted to racing.com. Do you know if there's any reason for that? Because that's where they're stored, I think. Um, I think you do the same if you go to Queensland. Uh, you, you get diverted to Racing Queensland, I think. Um, uh, and you get diverted uh, to Racing New South Wales. New South Wales, New yeah. South Wales stewards reports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's only happened, you can't read them since uh, after WS Cox Plate. Every other state you can retrieve them through RISER and there they all are. I'm an avid reader of them, trying well, to pick up a winner. Go, yeah, you can go to every day. If you go to in the on the racing.com site, the every the calendar, and click on a meeting, and it'll have the stewards report there for every day. But uh, yeah, yeah, well, it, I'll yeah, have to it, try that then. Yeah, and the second one is is has Giles Thompson resigned as uh, CEO of Racing Victoria? No. Oh, there's. Uh, a bit of a rumour I heard that uh, he was going to be on his way. No, no. There was quite an article yesterday written about uh, how he actually, the reason he wasn't uh, uh, he wasn't involved at all at the races over spring was that he wasn't considered um, a priority person to be on, on track during the COVID time. So that's why we haven't seen anything of Giles. Okay, beautiful. Thank you very much for your call. We've got another caller uh, coming through shortly, 13.53.53. Give us a ring. A couple of ticks here. I'll come back to you here, Duff, uh, wanting to know your thoughts on Russian conquest and that Max Lee's classic, which started the day at Newcastle. Yep, a uh, nice, well-educated filly um, who come to hand very quickly after only trialling on you know, November 29, her first trial. So she sat wide, faced the breeze, and it, got over, it was too strong for him. So um, I think she's got a future. Uh, she can only improve. She's inexperienced. I think the, fo- the horse to follow out of that race is Vancouver's Crown. Uh, even though he only beat a couple home, he didn't have much luck, and he's the nicest horse. So um, hard to read these uh, early, you know, scampering 900-metre two-year-olds uh, just out of one trial, more or less, because they can show dramatic improvement um, at their next preparation, and she could be a classic case. So it's a lovely start for her. And she's had a good experience, and I know they'll probably put her out now, and give, she'll give her get her chance in, you know, one of those races in late January, February, early February, and and try and get some prize money on the board to see how good she is. Hmm. And then another uh, text. Or oh, go, Mums. Yeah, Dave, I was just going to say for that gentleman that rang about the stewards' reports in on Racing dot com, it's just a little bit clunky. Uh, I'm not tech savvy either, but if you if it, with New South Wales, if you click on stewards reports, you get taken to the stewards report page, which has the month of meetings at Racing New South yeah. Wales. Whether when you go to racing.com, for example, you go to Donald yesterday, um, you then have to go to view race results after the result uh, the race list comes up. Then you have to go to view race results, and then the stewards reports are listed along with the results and news and video. So it's just an extra click. 
to find it, where the, rather than being taken directly to a stewards report page, you have to go in again to a, a separate page to then find the stewards reports. I must mm. say, I, 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 I think the techos, the propeller heads, call that clunky, Dave. Too many clicks. <laughs> I have awful trouble trying to find those stewards reports in Melbourne. It's only a matter of learning, I know that. But, uh, you know, you've explained something to me there as well. Mm. Just wonder, Dino... Well, you're getting older, Ron, so I'm trying to I know, (laughs) I know. I'm a a one-click man, Glenn. Um, Just, Dino, if Rich Hips come for the gong, would she... Can she run a mile? Do you think she can run a mile? No, no, I I like her better at 14, fresh. Okay, yep. Okay. Beautiful. Um, we've got uh, another text here on the text line. Back down to Melbourne. Here. In fact, no, we'll just stay with this one because there's a few here about this French import that uh, the Snowden team produced, Duff, uh, in that uh, benchmark 78 over the mile at Newcastle, defeating Mar and Par Hutor. What did you make of this one? Yep, another one. They've just said, well, you know, let's give him a... We won't give him another trial. We've only, had, you know, he's only had one. Let's take him to a race at over a bit more ground at a mile and see what he can do. And, and he, he delivered. He hit the line, come from well back in the field. Uh, there was no money for him. And his trial was OK. So they've got something to work with now. And he's, he's, he's had a nice low benchmark rating where they can have some fun with him. So you see a lot of these imports now. And some of these ones that get in with a low rating, you can earn a little bit of prize money with along the way to see if they're good enough to take the next step. And he's a classic example. So... I think they're learning about him and we're still learning about him, but that's a lovely start for him. All right. The next one here on the text on Lots of text today. I think a lot of people back at work and uh, can't call in. They can just text to Dino. Uh, hey, guys, can you ask Dino about Matt Laurie's winner in race three on Saturday? Let down like Chartres. a nice horse. Yeah, what did you make of Chartres? Yeah, it's a ni- it is a nice horse. And you know, the, the bonus there was that we learnt that it handles the wet. Because it go, uh, goes pretty well on the dry, he was uh, he was good. That race set up well for him. They went a bit hard in front, and he was the one that was sort of just creeping into the race. But uh, he did put them away pretty easily and won by a, a good margin over a filly that probably was a bit unlucky. Extra gear that she wouldn't have won, but she, the margin uh, shouldn't have been probably as significant as it was. Uh, she ran quite well, and he's exceptional. Has been up all spring, but he he ran well. But uh, no Chartres. Still early in the prep too. He could he could race through summer. And what do we do with Jigsaw? Is there an issue? Well, it's not so much what we'll do to him, but I think uh, what his trainer will do to him will uh, send him to the vet, and he'll be two stone lighter, Dave. So uh, yeah, he'll be. Uh, I think you'll see him racing as a gelding in future. Beautiful. We'll take another break on Sky Sports Radio. Give us a call thirteen fifty three fifty three. It's the open line number. You're on punters post mortem. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Let's get to some callers. Martin is on the line. G'day, Martin. Dave, mate. Yeah, I just want to bring something to the panel's attention, and I'm sure uh, Munzee will help us out. Uh, we heard all through leading up to the Melbourne Cup from the Caulfield Cup that incentivised would be the shortest prize favourite since Farleth, and if you say something often enough, people will end up accepting it. But I think in 1971, Gaitre started at 7-4. Seven, seven to four. So if Munzee can do the calculations for us, and um, just on that, uh, just a bit of interest, he was ridden by uh, Kate, Kate Malian's grandfather, Mick Malian, and his trainer, Cyril Beachy, 
ran him and won the Caulfield Cup and put him straight in the Melbourne Cup. And when he got beaten at a, such a short price, he was vilified right through the media because it had never been done before. It was the accepted thing to must run on Saturday and they, and before the Cup. And they absolutely give it to him in the papers for weeks after. And all them years later, the Europeans came over and showed us really how it's done and that you didn't need to run on the Saturday. So there's just a bit of background, but I'd, I'd like maybe Monday to check it out, but I think Gay Icarus started shorter. Glenn, bit of homework for you? Oh, Have yeah, you... something. I'll, I'll mark that down, yeah, Dave. No, but, that's, um, that's, that's the, fact, the, the reason the stories were about uh, starting shorter than Farlap, but the stage before the barrier draw on Saturday was a $2.30 chance incentivise. Mm, yeah. Gay Icarus, yeah. if you started 7 to 4, is, well, in the old days, you'd get $2.75, but they give you a little trim now. You get two seventy. Mm. Beautiful. Thanks that's for your call. Right. Next... Uh, Thank you, thank you very much for that, Martin. Uh, have we got next, Steve? Chris on the line. Morning, Chris. Morning, Dave. How are you? It's well, mate. Um, just I was meant talking with Tanya. I just wanted to bring up if one of you gentlemen could uh, mention to the tab. Okay, again on Saturday, the Newcastle track was upgraded to a good four at two fourteen on the New South Wales Racing site. But on the tab screen, like when you're looking at the odds to have a bet. It's still showing a soft five up until the last race before it was upgraded to the good four. You know, at the top of the screen, it tells you what the track condition is. Yeah, well, that'd be more Dave's department because I'm working for Sky Thoroughbred Central on Saturday. Dave's more of a floater on a Saturday, you know, picking those sort of things up. So I think, Dave, you could use a bit of homework for you during the week. I, Sounds I just thought good. you might be able to mention to whoever's in there with the tab just to, you know, if they upgrade that... If, if I had to mention everything that someone told me that wasn't right on a website, an agency, an outlet, on course, uh, or whatever, I wouldn't have any time to update people on Sky Thoroughbreds. Um, Glenn's already the world's busiest man. So. Yeah, he's already the world's busiest man. Uh, just it on, still on should that, be fixed. It's still yeah, should be. I'm not exactly. saying it should be fixed. I, mate, so, I, I've done it myself. Is that a is that a data because I know how those those websites work. A lot of people think we think that there's someone there automatically changing that at a computer. There's not. More often than oh, not, that, that data is scraped. Either, Dave. There is you don't reckon? Do you actually reckon there's someone sitting there changing those yes. numbers? It's all yes. automated, Glenn. Well, there's um, someone there doing tweets. They could change it. Yeah, yeah. and, and that's <laughs> that, that, well, that data would be that would yeah. be a data feed, Glenn, that they would swipe from someone else. So it'd be interesting to see. I reckon they get a lot of their data from Racing Australia too. Not and jockey changes would help as well. Yeah. Well, jockeys' names. Um, well, they don't. Some, if there's a late change of jockey, it doesn't as, go on. As, as females and they're males. Um, some jockeys are down as males and they're females. Hmm. Uh, not that we shouldn't be doing those sort of things now. Um, but, you know, there, there's a lot of... And, and a lot of it got to do with the amount of characters in the name sort of department and everything. I don't know how many characters that are there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I can't... I, I'd lose count on the number of times I've alerted someone that the, the information is actually wrong. Mm, OK. Thanks for your call, uh, Chris. But uh, you're not alone there. There's a couple of texts here about that. Um, but I think you'll find that's, that's data-related, Glenn. That's data that's coming through to the tab. So, yeah, Gay Icarus did start 7-4 in 1971. If you did. want to run through them all since 1930, <laughs> uh, I do have them here. Actually, I go back to 1901 when Revenues... Uh, he won as a 7-4 chance back in 1901, Dave. Uh, Duke Foot good win too. The fence was off. The fence was off. Was the fence off there. Uh, let's get to Mark on the line. Morning, Mark. Yeah, morning, Dave. I'll tell you what, uh, traffic was busy getting there. Before I talk to Dino, just stuff. Racing.com. Victorian... Report. It's easiest to find out of the lot. Yeah. 
Okay. Tell me. Yes, hang on, hang, hang on, Mark. You got to tell us how you found, how, how do you find them so quickly? Well, I, I was going to. Yeah. Maybe they're just late. Maybe they're just late going going up because I look for them on Saturday nights, and maybe they're just not there then. Well, about eight thirty Saturday night they're in. Okay. Well, it's, yeah, they just got a lot to find. They were rehydrating at eight thirty. I can guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah. Dino, I know you. You follow WA racing, and I'm keen yes. on a couple on Saturday. I'm just interested in your opinion. I think yep. Western Empire is pretty special. I'm, I'm keen on him. And yep. uh, it's a ray day in the Guineas. What do you reckon? Am I on the right track? Uh, I like the double, yep. Uh, I certainly like it's a ray day in the Guineas. Uh, he's... Uh, He's just got the perfect style for 1,600 at, uh, at Ascot. And yeah, Western Empire uh, looks pretty well suited as well. So, no, I think you're certainly on the right track. Really? Yeah, $14 the double if you want to take it. Kingston Town and Sky Racing, $3.50. It's a Ray Day, $4 Western Empire. That's a $14 multi. Hey, Dino. Yeah, Kingston to... Town, no, it's a yes. railway Saturday. Oh, sorry, railway. railway sorry, Saturday. I've gone the wrong race. Before we get to our next caller here, Dino, is there a trick... Um, that we that you use, mate. Every time you go and look at a Melbourne replay, obviously you get an advertisement. Now it wouldn't matter if that advertisement was a tab advertisement or a corporate. Yep. I'm not not. Is there yep. a way in which we can stop that? Because gee, it adds a bit of extra onto when you you're jumping around and you're doing your form. It can take yep. hours. If you uh, if you use Chrome, Google Chrome or Microsoft Edge, you can get a thing through the app store called AdBlocker. And uh, it'll block the ads for you. Okay, there you go. Ad blocker. Beautiful. Mm. Uh, I, I Western like that. Empire, $2 in the railway, so that's... Yeah, I was going to say, the, the $14 sounded very... Uh, very well, take the treble. Yeah, okay. Let's get Bruce on the line. Morning, Bruce. Morning, boys. Um, I'll speak to Ron, please. Yes, yes Bruce. Yeah, Ron, I, I backed um, uh, Cisco Bay on Thursday. What did you think of the ride of the young bloke? I, I didn't think he sort of... Uh, to take the inside run. Yeah, I don't know if there was a run there. There was only half a run there. Um, he, he went. He sort of committed to come around, and maybe he got outside the horse's heels in front, and would have had to come back to go back inside. And I was looking for something to be critical of, but mm, I couldn't really. I, just one of those racing stories we have. It should have. I think he should have won. I think yeah, he, he had he, a lot he, to offer. He usually comes to down the outside, doesn't he normally? Yeah, but he drew barrier one, and yeah, it was a slow. It was a slow, and he usually gets back, so he gets an opportunity to swoop out wide. So having barrier one, they they had to ride him closer because there was no speed in that race, and on paper, and that didn't happen, uh, Bruce. It didn't happen, unfortunately. I think he should have won. So he's worth following. Ah, uh, look, no, I'm not going to say he's a horse to follow. He's just that horse. You've got to find the right race for. He loves a little sting out of the ground. He loves to be fresh. So uh, I think he had a few things in his favour as far as he'd had the 57 days or whatever it was before, between runs, and it looked like a target race for him. And in the morning, even though it was a, it was still had jar out of it, the track by race two. So he was it, it was the right style of race for him, but it just didn't unfold. All right, thank you for that. Now, uh, Ronnie, we, we don't deal with Newcastle week in, week out. They're, they're on, you know, every second week, but... Did the did the track and the way that it recovered now that you were there and, and you were, you know got your head right into it did it actually surprise you how quickly it did recover? Uh, yes, because we had uh, eighty seven mils of rain on Friday morning, 
Um, we no other track other than Flemington could recover from that. I, but I tell you something, the track is very good, but it does, they run slow times. Uh, they're running slow times, which is not a bad, <coughs> not a bad thing, um, because it was, a, you know, it was a little bit leaderish, but it was a lot of horses made up ground and the way tour come from well back and horses sat wide, horses come up the inside, but they still run. Nowhere near record times on that track. Yeah, Did the so wind have an impact that day? Headwind yeah. in the straight. True, yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. probably had. But you go back through a few of those meetings at Newcastle, they uh, I don't know why, they're not running time. Okay. So when, when was it upgraded to a good four, boys? At what point of the afternoon? About, about race, race four, five. I think. Yeah. Okay, and compare and, and comparatively, um, when you were talking about those times, I know the headwind was involved, but what what times were they running on the previous good four there at Newcastle? Um, yeah, well, I looked them up the other day. Um, you know, I just I don't know where I put that piece of paper, but you know, like the you start off in a nine hundred meter race, and you know they've run come home in thirty four six. You know, and I've seen them come home in thirty two something. You know, so. Um, you know, they've run 139, the record is 134, they've run 119.18 and the record's 115.7. So, you know, there was a little bit off the boil for a good track, um, but that, that doesn't mean anything because it was the same all day. Um, and obviously the main race, they've, they've sizzled home quicker than anything is, is all day lost and running there. So quite fastest last 600 from the front. Uh, it was thirty four seventy seven. Mm. Yeah, and the track okay. was upgraded to two fourteen, which was after race number four. Okay, um, with, with the uh, with the track as as well. So there's obviously been a couple of texts here about um, you know what you blokes uh, thought of the track. So obviously the, the the thing is the wind, isn't it? Some of those gusts of wind. Uh, where I was in the hunter was unbelievable. Uh, so uh, I can only imagine what it was like on track there, boys. Yeah, you could see with those two-year-olds down the straight, they were all over the track. They're like yeah. drunken sailors uh, down the straight. They're the inexperienced horses, and even behind the barrier, they, they were hesitant of moving in because of the um, because of the situation. And I read in one race in the stewards' report, the barrier blew back on one horse when they opened, and so it was a pretty windy day, as we all know. Mm. And how do we assess the meeting going forward based on, you know, obviously you're looking at that track and you're going, right, well, it was a good four. Times were a bit uh, were slower than what it would be on, a say, other good services, but there was that headwind. How do you guys, will you put that into your uh, your databases moving forward? Oh, look, I'll trust it as a solid meeting and, and I'm not I'm not a big database man, to tell you the truth. And, and, and the times comparable the day will be still taking into account. That's how I'll, I'll treat it. Uh, uh, without uh, bamboozling myself with wind factors and all this sort of stuff, you'll go crazy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Dino, what about Cranbourne on that uh, topic, bringing Cranbourne into it? Obviously, heavy 10 there. Is there a particular pattern you're going to look for from the meeting? No, track played really fairly. Uh, you could lead and or be on pace and win or, or swoop around the outside. So it was just an ability to handle the ground, really, and... Uh, and and came down to tempo as I said in that cup uh, in the cup they went so hard that that three wide train that stayed out of trouble just kept blending into the race but uh, yeah other races on the day we saw them closer to the inside so no it it was just an ability to handle the ground mainly all right uh, let's get to another caller Mark on the line morning Mark hey Dave go boys uh, Ronnie I want to ask you about a horse that raced the spring stakes on Saturday 
Uh-huh. It was unwanted, but I, I had something spoiler on a two run down the south coast called Moon Story of Teresa Bateman. I think you'll find Dave was nominated in a race at Scone, I think with the class one slash five. But she had to go throw up the stumps. And I just don't know whether you saw her paid attention to the run on Saturday, but sat three wide all the way. And I thought for a horse, a set weight in a group three run, it was more than just your average run. I thought the horse has got a bit of ability and next time placed in a class one or something like that, a camera or something like that, uh, it'd be hard to beat. I don't know if you saw it win its second start. When yeah. it went from 1,200 to 1,600 metres, it was a big win. I know it might have met got the best horses, but uh, it was a really good win. That's why it's something very small on Saturday. I just want to know your opinion whether you noticed the horse at all on Saturday, mate. Yes, I did, and I think you're 100% right. Um, placed right next time. It was worth a throw at the stumps, but he he did more than enough. And to go from 1,200 to a mile at his second start and do what he did after missing the start, because I did see that race, uh, just um, doing the form for the meeting, um, I thought, yeah, nice horse, but probably out of his depth here. Uh, but he's definitely got a future, I tell you something. Jeez, he, he looks exactly yeah. like his old man. He's by Odyssey Moon, and you'd swear blind it was him because he had all those, you know, those markings on him. He's really was... throwing them, isn't he? I've seen a few yeah. of them now. They all look the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this horse just was him, because yeah. uh, I remember seeing him for the first time, and one day, and I thought, oh, geez, look at this horse. Um, and this Moon Stories is exactly the same. And can I just say one other thing before I go? Yep. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just a future winner. Also, a bit out of left field here. I had a nice win on Saturday at Taronga in New Zealand in race two and a three-year-old race there. There's a smart filly guard around there called La Creek. You get a chance to watch the replay on Saturday in her run. She's nominated for the New Zealand Derby next year, but she's a very, very smart filly. Um, Alexander Katrina and Shane Alexander trainer. And just yeah. if you get a chance to watch the replay, it's win on Saturday. You go, it's two other starts before that. I think uh, you're going to see a nice horse next, next year. La Creek won the second race at Taranga on Saturday. Okay. I'll have a look. Yeah, no, she's very smart. Uh, she? Yeah, there's been a few horses out of races and trials that she's been involved in have already landed in Australia off the back of her form. Really? So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, she's a very smart filly. Okay, all right. You've got another tick there. Thanks for your call, Mark. Uh, let's jump back to this Newcastle meeting because there's a couple of ticks here in relation to street power. Uh, and wanting to know your thoughts. Uh, I think Cav got the chocolates yesterday too with a runner at uh, Dubbo that was very well backed in the first. So stable ticking over nicely. Uh, yes, yeah, Street Power's a lo- lovely horse. Um, obviously, he's uh, he won his, I think it was his first start or second start at Gosford looking pretty smart there one day. And then he he must have had a problem because I think he only had one run or something in in one of his preps there. And he was, he was put back straight back to the paddock. Yeah, he, he ran seventh and then... Took him a couple of runs to get going this prep, but boy, he um, he's, he's he's a nice horse. Uh, he's likable. His previous run, when he ran second, he just sat wide, no cover, the whole way, and he backed it up, landing pretty good bets there on Saturday. So he's back on track, and who knows, he might be a, a country championships type of horse. Okay. Uh, now the week ahead, um, just to confirm here, Munz, I might bring you in here. So we've got. Uh, form line on Thursday night live from Kembla Grange and yes, then game. punters panel uh, on the Friday and then live for uh, Sky Thoroughbred Central Racing HQ on Saturday morning from the track. That's that's ahead of the gong? 
Yes, that's right, Dave. So um, we'll be there uh, Thursday for, for Formline. You'll be there Friday morning doing um, Racing HQ and then the putters panel. Uh, have we got any special guests lined up, Dave? Uh, not as yet. Not as yet. is everything. You know that, don't you? Exactly. And, and then Saturday Racing HQ from 6.30, live from the, the track. And we'll do the Sydney preview 8 till 9. And then Hainsey will roll through to probably about 11.30. And... Uh, um, you'd say approximately, Dave, will be kicking off at 10.30 on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Okay, perfect. And that gong market is pre-noms at the moment. That will... Well, the, it'll it'll flick not, over not soon. shut. It'll just be adjusted when the nominations are taken this morning and we should get those around about oh, 11.30, hopefully, uh, with the noms for the gong. So if you back the horse in that pre-noms market and it doesn't nominate today your money will be refunded to you and they'll just put the line through those and get ready to rock and roll. And while we're speaking about markets, Dave, that have opened or are opening, uh, the market on the TJ Smith for next year has just been opened. And, of course, we had this time last week, we were talking about the Doncaster and the Queen Elizabeth markets being open. Uh, but the TJ Smith market for next year has opened. And I'm just trying to scroll through to find... Uh, where it is here at the moment. And we've got Nature Strip, the $4.50 favourite, over Eduardo at 7, Classique Legend at 8, Mask Crusader at 11, Home Affairs and Lost and Running are $13 chances, Artorias and Espiona are both $18 pops in that one. And the Sydney Cup market as well, so the big four of the championships next year, Floating Artist and Incentivise, along with Spanish Missin. Three of the first four across the line in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, $11 equal favourites for the Sydney Cup next year. We've got Grand Promenade, very elegant. So there's your top four in the in the top uh, five of the Sydney Cup next year. At $15, Delphi, Haitotsu, the Derby winner, Montefilia, last year's Sydney Cup winner, Salino, the Chosen One and Charlie Rose, all at $18. Might, uh, so you've got the Doncaster, the TJ Smith, the Sydney Cup and the Queen Elizabeth, the big four from the championships next year. Pre-noms markets available now. And, of course, the Golden Slip has been up for a while. All right. We've got uh, Nigel on the line. Morning, Nigel. Hey, yeah, boys. Uh, just wanted to shout to Dito. Steve, you saw the, uh, the run there on Friday night by True Marvel. Uh, Long-distance horse. Loves the wet. Just wanted to see where you think you may be able to go after that run. Uh, I think he'll run in the Sandown Cup uh, at Caulfield Saturday week. It's two miles, so uh, he, he was, uh, what did he win by, 17 lengths. It was ridiculous how easy he won. They uh, uh, they put it on for him, but, uh, gee, he won uh, with unbelievable authority. He's going well, so, yeah, it'll be a it'll be an incredibly weak race. So uh, it'll be a, a really good chance to win a, a nice race, the Sandown Cup, I'd imagine. Yeah, it'll be good. It, 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 it... I don't know much about the times or the rest of it. Do you think there's even any chance of if they if he got down there for Melbourne Cups or something like that? He doesn't run anything under three thousand metres, and those sort of races are hard to find. Yeah, um, no, he wouldn't be. But uh, you know, he, I wouldn't uh, put you know a race like uh, maybe an Adelaide Cup past him. Um, yeah, that's the sort of standard he could uh, he could run quite well in. But uh, yeah, that was that was a weak race the other day. But he beat them like yeah you know, like like that too. You can only dream, mate. You can only dream, can't you? Exactly right. Thanks, Dodo. Fantastic. Thanks for your call, Nigel. All right, let's get some horses to follow, gents, before we wrap up the panel this morning. Duff, what are we following? Well, it's got to be horses early in their prep, I'd think, at this time of year. So War Eternal, 
Um, he was set for that race and just running to Festival Dancer, so he can win a couple of races this time of year, wet or dry. And Joe Pride's two first uppers did more than enough there as well, Stockman and Brutality. And I'm, I'm happy to report I've, I've mastered the, the stewards report in Melbourne. I've, the secret was the view calendar, uh, yes. which I found. So I've, that's a... I'm not the dinosaur I thought I was. No, you're Beautiful. coming good. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Gino, your, ho- your horse is to follow. Uh, from the uh, two-year-old race on Saturday, Dave, a uh, first starter for the Mara News to sell Padrino. Uh, I thought he trolled really well leading in. He's going to be a lot better over further, but he ran very well. And in the last race, a horse called High and Dry, uh, he is a big track wet uh dry tracker and he was on a tight track on a wet track and ran fourth so uh we just need the conditions to turn around for him and he gets to flemington or something in the benchmark race or sand down in the next few weeks over a mile and uh, he'll be winning high and dry all right muns um i like to go a little bit wide dave as per normal but i thought don't forget monica uh she probably wants the track with a little bit more give at it i thought she ran well till she blew out there the last little bit in the tab highway she is a tab highway winner uh she's still eligible for one more tab highway and once she gets a little bit of give in the ground or more give in the ground her her record is not too good i think senior fox is absolutely airborne at the moment, will he try and win the Razor Sharp in another month as he did two years ago? Uh, I just think maybe the festival stakes a little bit too far for him at 1500. He has one at 1400, but the Razor Sharp at Ramwick, I think, is his race uh, on the 11th of December. And I think Kinlock is flying in the last as well. He, he's developed a bad habit of missing the start. Now, he didn't actually miss the start. On Saturday, he was just ridden very, very cold. And you've got to remember, he's a benchmark 70 horse, racing in benchmark 88 grade. And I thought he was quite good there on Saturday in a brutally run race. I know things had to run on, but he is racing very, very well at the moment. All right. And we've got one more caller on the line there, Steve, I can see before we wrap up. Uh, Robin's on the line. Morning, Robin. Uh, Good morning, guys. Uh, just wanted to ask about the run of April Rain. Was it? Uh, I thought it was a bit disappointing. Yeah, I think she um, probably needs a bigger track than that, uh, Robin. Uh, I think Cranbourne, she just didn't get around very well at all, and and maybe drier ground too. Uh, she's been okay on the soft in Sydney Duff, but uh, I think uh, drier ground and a big track, and she'll be fine. She just she just looked a crab around Cranbourne on Saturday. Definitely drier. And she doesn't have the acceleration on a wet track. She yeah. has on dry Too big. Yeah. Yeah. Gents, on this Monday, as before we wrap up, happy birthday, Duff. Thank you very much, Dave. Ah, happy birthday, Duff. Thank Anything you. planned for today, mate? Yeah, no, for lunch? Uh, the only thing I'm planning is a rest day because I, I sort of, sort of, uh, it was a We're good day. We're going for four days. Yeah, I saw exactly. you on the espresso <laughs> martinis on the, uh, yeah, oh, up yeah. at Newcastle. Yeah, a tray of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, happy birthday, mate, and thanks no, for coming thank on the program this morning. Uh, what have we got this week? We've got, obviously, the gong down there at Kembla Grange, uh, big racing in Perth, and where are they in Melbourne? They're at Ballarat this Ballarat week, Cup. Dino. Yep, Ballarat Cup, uh, Valley Friday night, but the Ballarat Cup will be the main, and Kilmore Cup Sunday, too, uh, will be a good race as well. And does that mean we've also got the... Uh, Anti-clockwise race there for the two-year-olds. No, magic millions. No, uh, no. We're we we've reverted to a two-year-old race, but uh, just the uh, as they've been describing it, the traditional Victorian way of going, which is ah, quite, a, quite unusual. 
Very, very interesting. Well, have a good weekend, uh, gents. Uh, have a good week ahead, and we'll catch you on the screens and the airwaves as the next couple of days unfold. See you, Thanks, guys. Dave.